to get into it to be able to, to access these things. Everything's laid out for us. And we started that last week um, and looking at some of the things that hold us back from this connection with God. And that was our revenge. And we're going to keep on moving forward with that with these different topics about what is holding us back. And um, let's start off today in Psalms 37, verse 7. There's a lot of good stuff in Psalms 37. In verse 7 today, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity today just to get into your word, Father, to be able to, to learn from it, to take a part of it with us, Father, to build upon it. We just ask you now to just open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father, and take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Now, um, let me ask you something. You ever get frustrated? And uh, it may be with a person, a situation, yourself. You know, we're all human, so that's a, a negative human characteristic that we all have to bear. That's all part of being in this uh, sinful world that we, we live in. And no matter how much we care for somebody, if we spend enough time with them, sooner or later, that person's going to frustrate us in some way. That's our spouse, that's our children, that's our parents, that's our friends, that's... Any person that you spend enough time with, they're going to frustrate you. And sometimes you can just meet somebody for the first time and they'll frustrate you. So that's um, something that we, we have to deal with. And our relationship with God is no different. There are times that we are going to be frustrated with God. And it all comes down to Perception. You know, we've talked about perception before, but we have an idea about how things should work. You know, um, a lot of times in conversation, we have questions that come up. Like, for instance, somebody may ask me, well, how's your church going? And, you know, we'll say, well, we're not where we want to be. We're, we're trying and everything. And then... Of course, someone's going to have their opinion about how you can do things differently. You know, if you're having a problem with one of your children, there's somebody that's always willing to chime in and say, hey, you know, why ain't you doing it this way? This is the way I've done it, or I've read about it in such and such book. And um, if you're, you're single, you might be getting relationship advice. Well, why don't you try going to such and such? Or have you tried this dating app? There's always somebody's got an opinion about something because they have an idea in their mind about how things should look. And we do the same thing with God. We, uh, we think, well, you know... God gives us this dream, he gives us this desire, and things start to get into motion. You know, it's just like when I stepped up to this position here. I expected things to move rapidly. I expected to see a full house within a very short amount of time. 
But that was my perception, not God's perception. Because he's got a, uh, a different way. Time is different for him. You know, it's funny because, you know, we've talked about time before in the past, how it's such a, a grand commodity that we have. It's limited. It's not renewable. And that a lot of times we do not use our time very well. We waste our time a lot. But let someone else waste your time. And how do you feel about that? You know, you might have, a, a, let's say, an appointment. Let's say a doctor's appointment. And it's at a certain time. So you may want to get in there a few minutes early, hoping maybe they can get you in and get you out. You want to get out of there because whenever you have locked into something like that, nobody likes going to the doctor. It's just something you have to do. And a lot of times you have to go back because of you get your blood results or you have to get your medication renewed. It's not nothing really major. It's just something you have to do. And here it is. You're locked into this time. So you're sitting there and you're waiting. And then when your appointment time comes and you're looking at your watch and, and then it passes because they're running late, they're double booked, something came up, you know, and the time ticks on by. So now your 9 o'clock has become a 9.15 or a 9.20. And does anybody ever just, you know, are you, are you grateful for that, that you get there and sit there and to read that three-year-old issue of Golf Digest for another time because you have this extra time? No, because that's our time and we want it back we want when we want to be able to control our time if it's we're we're the we the ones to waste it not someone else and we all times we get the same kind of frustration with god we feel like he's wasting our time or time is running out time is of the essence we're in kind of a, a panic about it or we don't see things progressing as fast as we should now, when we're on the subject of frustration in God, do you ever just have a, a heated conversation with him? Does it ever come a, a little bit past that, you know, the typical prayers we pray every day? Do you ever find yourself getting into maybe a little bit of argument with God? And you should. You should because it's a relationship. And this is a normal relationship that we'd have with anyone else. When somebody frustrates us, we get a little bit more lively. And our conversations with God shouldn't always be ritual. It shouldn't be the same over and over again. We are going to be, come to God with a joyful heart sometimes because things are going really well and we are thankful. And times we are going to be desperate. Times we are going to be sad. And times we are going to be frustrated. So just because you're having these emotions doesn't affect our relationship with God. In fact, I've found in my own personal life that sometimes during these periods of frustration that I'm actually able to hear back a little clearer. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's part of the process. But sometimes we need a little bit of variation in our conversation. So... Which brings me to the title of today's message, God was with Joseph. Now, oftentimes we think about our situations. Why am I not feeling better? Why is this situation taking so long to be resolved? Why are not the funds coming the way I need them? 
All these things, you know, life, it seems like we're constantly waiting on something. We're waiting on somebody to do something. We're waiting on something to show up. You know, with waiting, waiting, waiting. From waiting for the package to arrive in the mail, to waiting for our favorite TV show to come on the next week, to waiting in line and some place to check out, waiting at a traffic light. We are waiting, 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 waiting. And then we feel burdened by the weight. And then, so we look at the Word. And God has given us examples to show us that we are not alone in both our waiting and what happens during the periods of waiting. And we, we look at, at Joseph. Now, it would take a couple hours for me to go word uh, verse by verse to talk about the story of Joseph. So you can find it in Genesis 39 if you want to read upon yourself. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis about the life of Joseph. He was the son of Jacob. And he was his favorite son. He was the child of his old age. And because of this favoritism, he was treated differently than the rest of the children. And this happens to us not always in a, in a positive way, but a lot of times we are treated differently. We're treated differently because we're different, the way we do, the way we act, who we are. Somewhere or another, people may treat us differently. And oftentimes, favoritism is not always a good thing because when we're not treated equally as everyone else, either be on a positive or a negative aspect of it, it's preventing us to becoming who we should be. We should be able to develop on our own without negative or positive treatment from our outside. So, a lot of people say that, you know, Joseph was just without fault. And I have yet to find anyone in the Word of God except for Jesus Christ himself that was without fault. And I think that when you compare anyone else to Jesus, that you are showing Jesus an impasse, that no one compares to Jesus. So I believe that Joseph did have some arrogance about him, some cockiness. You know, he was having these dreams that showed that he was going to be a, a leader and over his brothers. And his father was already putting him in a position where he wouldn't happen to go out and work. And they were. And he was just kind of overseeing. And he had the, the long sleeve fancy coat, which was the coat that represented the, the master and not the worker. Uh, you know, so he, he automatically was already being set up to fail, so to speak. So I, it would be only natural for him to develop a little bit of an, an arrogance. And, uh, and you know how, how brothers do. They, they pick at one another and, and know. So this was something that they, he held over their heads. And as they go on, his brothers were so frustrated with Joseph that they were wanting to do away with him. That they were actually going to kill him. So it takes an awful lot to drive a person to want to do away with another. And this was their own flesh and blood, their own brother. So 
as a uh, one of them decided it would be better just to, to sell him into slavery instead of killing him. So he was dropped in a pit. He was sold as a slave. He became a slave. So uh, as his life went on, he went and became the, uh, the servant of a man named Potiphar. And in Genesis 39 and 2, it says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was prosperous, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. So the Lord was, up, was upon Joseph, and it influenced him in such a way that everything that Joseph did became positive. And we've talked about that, that if we have the light inside of us, the light is what comes out. That what we put in comes out overflow. So they seen that God inside Joseph, and it, and it came out of him, and it blessed Joseph and everything he did. So Potiphar put him in charge of his household, so everything he touched benefited him as well. And then, of course, as life does, Things are seem to improve. Things are getting better. You know he's in a, a better place. Circumstances change. Life changes. And he was falsely accused. Someone wanted him to do something, and it was immorally to do so, so he refused to do it. He maintained his stand, and because of it, he was falsely accused, and he was thrown into prison. 37 and 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in sight of the keeper of the prison. Thirteen years he spent there. Which seems like a long, long time. And as the story of Joseph continues comes out of that prison. He becomes the second in command of all of Egypt. He has people following his orders. He's able to save the nation. His very brothers had to come to him to seek refuge. He was able to save them as well. So the point of all this, God was with Joseph. This life is not always going to be ideal. Salvation doesn't mean that we're going to be without problems, without trouble, without sickness, without famine. We look at every example here and everyone had their problems. Because we live in a sinful world. The difference is God was with Joseph. And when you 
take salvation, when you accept Jesus, we can say that God is with John. God is with Jacob. God is with Jennifer. And you can assert your name there. Because God is always with us. And we look at this, this young man, he's falsely accused, he's in a prison. It don't get much lower than that. There's no real hope. But yet, God was with him. And that's what each and every one of us has to remember when we get into whatever our prison is. Whether it be the sickness, whether it be an emotional, mental prison, whether it be an, act, an external situation where someone comes against us, when a situation happens, no matter what the case is, God is with us. God is with us. And we live in the world of speed. We want our high-speed internet. We want our high-horsepower fast cars. We want our fast food. We want everything fast, fast, fast. That is a selling point because we want it now. We are impatient people. But for God, time is nothing. And every moment, every minute from the time that we acknowledge and we cry out for help, that our prayers are lifted up to the time that our prayers are fulfilled 100%, God has every moment accounted for. And yes, there's sometimes the situation is turned around instantly. The next morning, everything is better, and there's times it takes a while. We're looking at days, we're looking at months, we're looking at years, because we don't know what all needs to take place for these situations to happen. Joseph couldn't go from the pastor where the sheep were to Egypt without all the steps that happened along the way. And we don't know what all the buildup is for. And it wasn't just about him. It just wasn't about what his situation. He was essential in stockpiling the grain knowing that the famine was coming to take care of these nations, to feed the people. His suffering also helped others. How many times have we been able to use our own story to help others? How many times have we been able to tell when we're in a bad situation what God did for us? How many times have we been able to share our experiences? 
when you're sick and you're going through something, and then somebody else you come across is now going through the same thing. To be able to share your story. Whenever someone else is facing a difficulty, that you can talk to them about it because you've already been there and done it. You've already faced the adversary, the situation. And also, what does it do for our person, our character? How much stronger does it make us? Physically stronger, mentally stronger, and spiritually stronger. How much stronger does it make our faith? We can see that Joseph had great faith. We see why God was with him. Because he was in some pretty dire situations. Many of us in the same situation would just want to give up. Many of us in a lot less situation would just want to give up. But he maintained his faith and his positivity and allowed his faith to carry him through. And God was with him. The same way he's with each and every one of us. We see that, and we talked about revenge last week. It would have been real easy when his brothers came and was asking for his help, when they recognized who he was, when they seen him standing there. It would have been real easy for him to say, Ha! Payback time! Remember whenever you uh, left me in a hole? Remember whenever you were going to kill me? Remember when you sold me like a piece of property? Remember all that? But instead, he helped them. He loved them. He brought them in. Now perhaps if he hadn't been through everything he'd been through, that might have story might have turned out a lot differently. Perhaps if he had just stayed on the path that he had started, if he had never found himself in that pit, that he would have grew up and became a very different person than the one that we're reading about today that affected the lives of so many. It's hard to, to be thankful for when things go awry, when things are bad, when our course of life is changed. But what is that really doing to us as a person. Each and every one of us could have a different story to tell if such and such never happened. 
Maybe it would have been better, or maybe it would have been a whole lot worse. But the thing is, God is with us. God sees us through it. God knows what it's going to do to us. And we have to trust in Him. That if He allows us to take it on, to go through it, that first of all, He's going to be there through us every step of the way. He's going to see us through and out the other side. And second of all, there is something from it that is beneficial. God takes everything and can use it for his good. He takes our mistakes and he turns them around. He takes the bad situations, he turns them around. He takes the weapons that are formed against us and he conquers them. He takes the traps that our enemies set and makes them fall in them. God is with us. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to speak your word today, Father. We just ask, Father, that when we experience these times, Father, when you're when you're silent, when things like things are taking way too long to happen, Father, that we have the courage and the faith to stay strong in these situations. That we have a heart and a mind, Father, to realize what the benefits can be from each and every situation that we go through with you, Father. That we always have the comfort of knowing that you're there by our side, taking us through it. And we have the strength to overcome. And Father, whatever the need or situation is, Father, we know that you have an answer, Father. We know that for every prayer that's went up, Father, that you are already working on it, Father. We ask for strength today. We know there have been many asks, Father. And Father, we want to take every situation that is blocking us from you, Father, and clear them out. And leave nothing between us but faith, Father, to carry us through. We just ask if anyone has a decision to make today, a change to make today, Father, that they will not continue on the same way they are now. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 375, please.